Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stratocast, Mixed Emotions. We're coming on the back of this podcast with two games and the win over Newcastle, 4-1 win, the big Ronaldo circus, and of course the 2-1 defeat against young boys in the Champions League. To get the ball started, I want to introduce my special guest, Brian Murphy, who's a writer on the blog. You were there on Saturday, Brian. Give us a, a lowdown on the atmosphere and, and having Ronaldo back home. How special was it? Hi, Dale. Um, yeah, definitely a special moment to see one of, if not the greatest player of all time, turn up again in a red shirt. Um, the atmosphere was absolutely electric, absolutely electric. Definitely a big buzz around the city, um, especially coming from here, I suppose, even in the airport that morning. You could feel that kind of a that bit of a buzz going around the airport. Lads were excited. They were all talking and having a chat and everyone was in kind of good over. Um Landed over and just the instant you got there, it was Ronaldo seven jerseys all over the place. It was just, it was, it was more about him, I suppose, really on the day, really, wasn't it? Any complaints about the the atmosphere on Saturday? I've seen a few tweets. People complained that it was very Americanized and people were just there for for Ronaldo. But that game, uh, I'm pretty sure, was it was nearly sold out before he was announced. Anyway, yeah, it was it was it was kind of funny in the way that when he signed. The deadline for applications um, through supporters clubs anyway, especially. Actually, that's another topic completely. The supporters clubs didn't get an allocation for that one for the first time in years. Um, Judy United systems being a bit of a shambles. But that's for another night's conversation. Um, 
yeah, the, the membership access to tickets, as far as I'm aware, had already been finished. So the game was already sold. And as usual, you had lads swapping tickets and getting rid of tickets they couldn't go to games for and season ticket holders shifting them left, right and centre, um, which I'm sure many, many of them retrospectively regretted that decision when a Portuguese lad got announced all of a sudden and they became the hottest tickets in the world. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And just another thing about the atmosphere on, on Saturday, because one, one thing I, I noticed when sitting at home was um, when, he, when he scored the, the C, the, the noise. What, what did you make of that? Because, because the, the cynic in me um, previously would have been totally against that and would have been like, that, that's cringeworthy. What are grown men doing? But when I heard it on Saturday, I thought there was a bit of a buzz about it. Next question. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to introduce you and another writer on the blog. Um, were, were you were you shouting C on on Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah, of course I was. Uh, no, no, it's um, it's definitely something different, isn't it? It's um, I, I well, that's it's it's the, there's no point in really going in in any other way. It's it's different, but uh, to see seventy thousand grown men and women screaming that at the top of their voices it's, it's a bit unique isn't it it's it's different like i was thinking about it the other day because someone said to me on twitter that they they actually don't previously remember ronaldo playing for manchester united that they were of, of a younger generation again and when i started on twitter i was one of the the younger the younger generation united fans and learning about players that i haven't seen previously and they were asking about ronaldo so i kind of get that this buzz for them is something just out of this world to see this star that everyone had spoken about for years and years and years to come back, not only to come back as just to retire, but he's looking pretty good for a 36-year-old, you know, and to mark it with two goals. Um, Brian, you, you obviously seen him up close. Um, what did you see? To be honest with you, Dale, I, I didn't think he did a whole pile in the game. Um, I suppose similar to the, the game for Ireland and Portugal recently, it's kind of what he does these days. He doesn't offer that constant buzz of energy and that massive work rate all the time. I mean, look, he's 36 years of age. He's, he's pushing 37. He's not going to be that same player he was. But he just manages to score goals every time. He's just in the right place. As someone said it to me yesterday, we were, we were chatting about Ronaldo and the first goal especially. I was joking saying, yeah, nice little tap in for his first game back. And they, were, they just turned around and said, watch the defender. He doesn't even know where he is. It's not the fact it's a tap-in, it's the fact Ronaldo knew where the space was to be in. He just, it's instinct. You're, you're either born with it or you're not. Um, the second goal, again, I thought, watching it live, I said, oh, Jesus, that's a terrible ball to him from Luke Shaw, who's after busting a gut through the, through the middle. But again, ball came anywhere close to his feet, inside in his little zone. He dragged it onto him, put it on his left, bang, in between the keeper's legs, game over. He's not, um, he's not the live wire, full energy player he once was. Of course, we don't expect that. But he's a goal scorer and goals win your games. What more can you ask for? That's what he's come to do. And now after two games, three, three goals, you know, he's he's scoring goals already. He's hit the ground running. Um, I wanted to talk a quick bit about the, the midfield on Saturday as well. We had Matic and, and Pogba. And, and these two players, they're, they're quite familiar playing with one another from down the years. I thought for the opponents that we were playing, Newcastle, I thought it was perfect. There was times where we were overrun by Newcastle. But I think 
going into most games this season, I don't expect us to control the midfield. We have to find a way to bypass that fact because our midfield is, is, isn't quite up, up to it, and especially without Scott McTominay. Sean, you've written a piece on the midfield and the focus on the midfield for the blog. Um, tell us a bit about that and, and your thoughts on what we're seeing right now with the kind of chopping and changing and with Scott McTominay returning, we're still not quite fit on that midfield holding role. I suppose the way that I see it, um, I mean, obviously we've we've recruited very, very well this summer. Um, we've got an abundance of attacking options. We've now got a, a large abundance in defence. We, we can feel a very, very strong forward to rival anybody and we've got options in reserve. Um, I know people point the finger at the midfield. I mean, we didn't bring in a player. Uh, we didn't acquire that defensive midfielder that people are looking for. But ultimately... Uh, I suppose there's two different ways of looking at it. Okay. I mean, 85 to 90% of the games that we're going to play this season, they're going to be like Newcastle. They're going to be like young boys in, let's say, the first 30 minutes, sitting back, absorbing pressure and trying to hit us on that break. And it's, they're, they're living in moments. And I suppose one of the things that I was focusing on is it gives the ability for, for Pogba to drop back to take that kind of quarterback sort of role. I know people aren't maybe overly keen on. Pogba being utilised further back the field. Uh, they feel that he's much more of a, an influencing factor when he's in the final third and he gets to drive into the opposition's uh, box. And yes, he has that in his ability too. He has it in his arsenal. But he also has a passing range that's up there with the very, very best in the league, if not Europe. And when you have that capacity, as I wrote about, to have him sitting back and getting ball to feet as much as he possibly can, uh, we now have an abundance of attacking wealth up front that essentially alleviates the problem that we've had two, three years ago. And that problem was that Pogba was essentially utilised always to be able to start these attacking phases. And the opposition team would just double up on him. And when they double up on him, it essentially alleviated all that creativity because we didn't have any more creativity. But now, I suppose tonight obviously isn't the best example for it, but they double up on Pogba, it leaves Bruno free, double up on Bruno, you know, it, it leaves Sancho free, it leaves Greenwood free, Rashford when he's back fit. So we have that creativity, we have that outlet, we have the ability to be able to stretch opponents. Um, obviously, it has to go into the principle on the field. And I feel, especially after tonight, I mean, it, it really, really highlights the emphasis on how important Scott McTominay is. Maddich was there against Newcastle. And as you touched upon, I don't think he actually played all that bad. Um, but can't play every game, especially if there's two in a week, especially you know. Precisely, precisely, yeah, yeah. And I look. I mean, there's there's, there's the most admirable trait that McTominay brings is his ability to drive the ball from defence into midfield and aid in that transition because he's so press resistant, and uh, he is missing and he is lacking at the moment. Brian, is that what was lacking against Young Boys tonight? That drive in midfield from McTominay. I don't think it's fair to say that's what was lacking and to pinpoint it to that one thing because like when you look at the game itself overall, the game changed on its head with one silly tackle over a mistimed or troll pass. It just spiralled out of control. So like you had plenty of players on the field that could affect the game, but the likes of Paul Pogba on his day, a world-class midfielder, couldn't get involved in the game, game bypassed him. Um I don't know, how am I going to make that much difference in the game afterwards? I think it's more to look at the touchline maybe tonight. Against my better wishes, I don't usually go after the manager, but I thought some of the decisions, I thought the attitude that he displayed 
was wrong. Um, it was defeatist. It was a touch Jose-esque in the hole. We're one nil up. We're in trouble. Quick. Let's pack the back, pack the defence. Let's close up. Let's shore up the backs. Let's give ourselves counter-attacking options. Granted, we're playing with 10 minutes. I know you do have to play on the, on the counter, but you don't have to absolutely give up either, which I thought we did for a while. Um, he left us strikerless for a large period of the second half, which was kind of confusing. I mean, you're not... You have to have someone up there to take the ball and relieve a bit of pressure when the boys are coming at you. So, would McTominay have made a big difference on another night? I would say yes. Tonight, I don't think he would have made that much terrible difference to the game, no. You see, the thing about the Ronaldo substitution was he took him off and he later brought on Anthony Martial um, because then he, he realised that he needed someone up front. But when you're playing Martial, you don't want this Martial. I don't think this Martial's in form. Um, you know, Martial at his best, that, that's, that's the guy who can hold the ball up and make a big difference. Um, you're just throwing players on for, for, for hopefully. It, was, it would be a different story if we had Cavani on the bench who yeah. didn't have him available. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think man management tonight, substitutions were definitely baffling. I think the, the decision to, to kind of change it up backfired. We didn't have anything to answer. But ultimately, the goals we conceded were individual errors. And you look at the first goal that we conceded and Luke Shaw's reluctance to get out to his crosser quick, quickly, quickly enough was, um, was amateurish. And I don't think this is something that is shocking when it comes to Luke Shaw. I've seen this quite a bit where he's a bit slow to get out to his man um, and a bit lazy at times whether he's tracked back um, the full way or not and he hasn't got out to his man. It's not good enough. It's not good enough in the Champions League and it, it's costly. It costs you goals. Um, the, the second goal then that we gave away at the in stoppage time, Jesse Lingard's back pass, horrific. At a time that Sean, all he had to do was play a simple pass. He didn't have to play it back to the goalkeeper as an attempt to to waste more time. There was someone further left. You know, why, why didn't he play the simple pass? And it, I don't usually go hard on Lingard because I think he's someone that gets harsh criticism. But, but that, that was a youngster's mistake tonight. He's not a youngster. He went off to West um, second half of last season and gained a lot of first team experience as a, as a senior pro. That's shocking. It, it was it was a poor decision. It was a poor moment, and um, you know I, I actually liken it to the I suppose the synopsis that I would have is Fred in his Manchester United career. Like I think Fred tries very well, and I think actually Fred was very very good tonight. Um, for like I'm not saying he was he was fantastic, but. In the context of the of, of the ten men, the eleven ten men that were out in the fields, he didn't stop running. But I look at Fred in terms of a footballing capacity that he's one of the youngest uh, 26, 27 year old footballers that we have. In that he uh, he always seems to make the correct decision. Okay, he knows what he's doing. You can see the clock ticking over, and then the application and the technique somewhat fails him. Uh, you see, if you're trying to pass the ball three or four yards, like he has to raise it off the ground sometimes that, to be able to actually get the pass off. And I liken that to that pass with Lingard tonight. It was it was amateurish. Um, it really and truly in that moment in time, I think it really, really, uh, it was a prime example of what was actually going on in the game. Um, as Brian said, when when Bissaka went off, the entire tone changed. We just needed to get to the to the end of the first half. That was the important thing. We can all agree the as same. well that it was a sending off. I don't think anyone is, is, is saying oh, otherwise. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it was oh, a sending off. It was a sending off. And you see, the thing is, on a, on a normal week, on a normal field, um, Wan-Bissaka, he does have that in him. As much as he's improving in an attacking outlet, 
he can't take a heavy touch. Okay, now it didn't help him tonight with that artificial pitch and the fact it was water because that helped that 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 brought that poor touch that extra little yard, and uh, ultimately led to that happening. And you know, like it was unintentional, but it was it was a foul and it was a deliberate red card and it changed the tempo. I, I think told- eleven men. Sorry, it, it, Sorry. Tot- it totally threw off things as well because we started the game with Jaden Sancho and I think tonight would have been a, a big night for him. He probably would agree, have got yeah. 90 minutes um, on the pitch and, and a chance to, to prove himself. But Solskjaer had to make a change there. I said that the substitution times were baffling. I don't think, I don't think I disagreed with that one to bring on Dallo for, for Sancho at, at that time when that sending off had occurred. But, but it was a shame for him. It was also a shame for Donny van der Beek who got his start and that totally disrupted that. Now, didn't do a lot in the first half, um, I thought, but, but I w- was thinking when I saw Varane warming up at halftime that I hope he's not taking off van der Beek, but if he does, I don't really blame him. Would you agree with that, Brian? Yeah, I, sp- I suppose I would. Look, I've, I haven't been a massive advocate for Donny van der Beek since he came to the club. He hasn't really bothered me that much, to be honest with you. I, I know people have this big agenda about, oh, why isn't Donny playing? And Donny's been abused and he's held hostage at the club and he's not getting minutes. Look, it is what it is. Some players settle, some players don't. Some need time, some don't need time. Um, I was very happy to see him get on again today. I was very, very happy to see him starting. I'd like to see the lad get a run of games and show us what he is about. But again, did he do anything noteworthy? Not really, no. No, I wasn't, I wasn't too upset to see him go off either. In regard to being hostage, we have one player who once described his time at the club as being a slave and he's returned. So maybe in football terms, it's an endearment to be held hostage and to be treated as a slave. Donny van der Beek, please mention and achieves what that slave achieved. He's welcome back anytime. The, um, just touching on what you were saying there, um, I think tonight's performance with van der Beek really sums up his United career to date, doesn't it? It's yeah. it's one of those where like he's not getting many opportunities, and then when he gets his opportunity, he comes in, and there's nothing really endearing about it. Now you can look at it from two angles. You can say, okay, well look, it's very unfair to have a player coming in after sitting on the bench for so long and not getting that game time to then expect him to come on and 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 to to make that much of a difference that he's in your head and he's going to be in the manager's plans for the next game. But then at the same time, you have to look at it. This is a professional footballer who's putting in a lot of work. And ultimately, he's getting his opportunity and you want him to be able to try and grasp it with both hands. And I think tonight just mirrored so many of his performances, especially when he's been given the start. I, I, I think if you speak to anyone that watched him at Ajax and if you asked them, is he number six, they'd say no. And it's interesting that it's kind of, the narrative is kind of changing. And Solskjaer said something pretty, last week or so that he could play as number six. And he told Ferdinand on a podcast that he could play number six. And I think that's fine because it's given him an opportunity. He's not going to play as number 10 for United. He's not going to play ahead of Bruno Fernandes. So as, as a player, part of a squad, he needs to find a way into the team. And if he sees that as his role, that's fine. But I just thought tonight by starting that he could have just made that bit of an extra impact. Um, he didn't get a chance, as people might argue, 45 minutes, but he is getting teasers. And and, and as Brian said, he's not an advocate for, for Donny van der Beek. It's because he hasn't, done anything to warrant that i find the the obsession with him and the question of soldier for not playing him every week a bit strange like danny van der beek is this elite footballer he came to us as 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 a a product from the ajax u team who came through from a very very promising first team that got 
went nearly all the way in the Champions League with Delit and De Jong. But, but ultimately, he, he was part of a very good young team. He had to come to Manchester United and prove himself. And he hasn't done that yet. I think, to be fair, looking at the Van Der Beek narrative or agenda or whatever way you want to word it, it might be a bit of a generalisation. But if you look, if you keep an eye on Twitter, for example, and you look at the type of people who are given the opinion, this, this constant push on Donny has to start, Donny is amazing, Donny can do this, Donny can, can play in goals, Donny can play anywhere, he's brilliant. They also have a running team of certain players are the best player in the world, certain players are the worst player in the world, the manager is either this or that. They kind of link in together into the one ethos and they all seem to be a very similar type of in a better commas fan. So um, I don't really take much notice of these, these outrageous agendas that are running every day of the week. You're right, Dan. I think we, we all have to find a way to filter our social media because I have I have gotten better at it. I don't see as much. Like tonight, for instance, after the, the Young Boys game, Ollie Out is, is trending on Twitter and on my time, I haven't seen any of that. Um, so so I'm winning that game so far. But it, 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 it's just crazy how, how emotions can mix. You know, we had the absolute fairy tale homecoming of Cristiano Ronaldo on, on Saturday. Um, things didn't quite go our way tonight, which happens away in Europe. I, there was there was a point in the game tonight where one all, I would have t- taken that result. I would have taken the draw away from home. It wouldn't have been ideal from going to get be in that winning position, but it would have been justified after Wambasaka's red card and the way that the game kind of went on after that. But I think just the manner in which we lost the game, it was a horror show before that horrific pass. Um, we were walking into it, but I know you spoke about Fred, Sean, um, and, and his performance, and he, he, I think he did do well tonight, given the circumstances, but he's a player, Brian, that, that annoys you, I think would be fair to say. That's putting it mildly, yeah. Um, again, it's, I don't have an agenda against the lad, I suppose some people might say I do, some people don't. You just don't think he's I good do- enough. I don't think he's good enough. No, I don't. But then again, he's not the only person in the squad I don't think is good enough. And I don't think that's unfair mm. of any fan to have the opinion that they don't think player A or player B is not good enough for the squad. It's just, it's criticism, it's opinion. Fair enough. Um, I don't see Fred winning us the title. I don't see Fred winning us the Champions League. And I know one player doesn't win your title as well, unless you're Cristiano Ronaldo, of course. But I don't see Fred leading that midfield. I think he's a weakness. Um, there was a glaring, glaring hole in the middle of our, 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 our formation where in the summer everyone was crying for a defensive midfielder or a CDM or whatever the new term for it is we didn't manage to get that that's fair enough we have to move on but then again there is a fella there like I'm, I'm a massive Scott McTominay fan I don't see why Scott McTominay can't be the player that people want to play in the midfield Sean touched on it earlier he's press resistant he's a he blows up to the next box you know he's he drives the team on he's very much positive attacking minded um, he likes to drive past players he likes to go quickly one of our biggest failings I thought especially against Newcastle the weekend we're so lethargic in attack when a team sets up or when they're trying to set up that that block against us we just allow them we sit back and we ping the ball left and right and look around and don't really do anything about it nobody and I mean nobody on that side including Mr. Ronaldo is offering an option is offering a, a run or a trying to break free or trying to give just something different we're very much like some of the times in the first half against Newcastle the weekend 
it was like watching us two seasons ago. It was that slow build up that get as far as their final third, play it left, play it left, play it left, play it right, play it right, play it right. No, nothing happens or let's just throw it across and see what happens. It's just that uninventive lack of creativity. Can you see that being a trend this season? Because I wondered that on Saturday that it was, it was yeah. repetitive. It was getting 100%. the ball into Ronaldo and, and that's, you can say it, it's easy to play against. It's not when it's Ronaldo, but teams will know how to play against United. Of course they will. When, when, when you're looking, if you're looking at a United side who's after spending 20, 25 minutes and every focus of their attack has been getting the ball to Ronaldo's feet or head, it's not actually that difficult to defend against it. You can double-team Ronaldo. Granted, it might leave a bit of space, but we're not even looking for that space. We're looking That's at it. Ronaldo. Yeah. You know? so I, don't, I, hope, I hope it doesn't become our, our, our go-to for the rest of the season. I hope we can try and liven up the attacking movements and that we're not going to fall back into the, the old comfortable Maguire to Shaw, Shaw to Maguire to Lindelof to Wambasaka, left, right, left, right, boring. It's boring football. It really is. We need to be a bit more creative. We need to have a bit more of a, a spark we thought, or at least I thought, Jaden Sancho was going to add that to the squad. Look, it's only a couple of games into the season. I've, by no means am I going to write that man off. But has he shown me anything so far? No, zero. Even and in I, the glimpses, there has been little, there's been nothing, very little, hasn't there? Nothing. And like I was hoping, I didn't know an awful amount. I've seen Jaden Sancho play a few times. I haven't followed his career by any means. I have, I'm not a big Bundesliga fan, but I have watched him in a couple of games and. I haven't been massively impressed with him ever, to be honest with you. I've, I've read a lot about him. I've seen a couple of those compilation things. And look, we can all look decent in a compilation. But he was meant to be, he's meant to be this world-class or at least generational talent player we've paid an absolute fortune for. So I do expect, I have an air expectancy around him that I expect him to show something. I expect him to have the tricks and flicks and a bit of flair and a bit of creativity to show something or create something out of nothing. I haven't really seen it. He's, he's been a bit boring. He's, he's tried his best. He's doing a bit of work down the side, but he's not created anything major. He's had chances to put balls in. He's not taken it. Um, look, give him another six months, 12 months, maybe he'll grow into that side and he'll become what we want. But we need it. We, In my opinion, we badly, badly need that boy to come on because we're lacking that creative spark massively. Um, the only one who I actually I do feel has given us that is Mason Greenwood. He seems to be giving us that tricky cutting in from the outside. Can he go right? Can he go left? Little intricate passes and little dinky crosses. I'd have Mason Greenwood starting on that side every other week. There was footage, Sean, at the weekend of Ronaldo offering advice to Jaden Sancho. And I think ultimately his Ronaldo's arrival should really benefit Sancho. And in the way Brian is speaking, I think he's 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 spot on on his assessment of his performances. Okay. So you can you imagine if if Ronaldo hadn't signed for United and Sancho was our prime attacking sign of the summer, I think people would be would be scratching their heads a bit. Probably more people than Brian. Um, he's raising valid points, but it's probably a good thing that Ronaldo's here that it goes a little bit under the radar for for Sancho's sake. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Are you asking me or Brinder? Sean. Sean. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, well, obviously, he it, it does allow him to go under the radar. But, I mean, while I can agree with what Brian is saying, I, I do feel that there's a, a contrasting take on this. And and I feel it's it's very easy to get sucked into the here and now. And I've, I've, I'm, 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 I'm always on this line. I don't change. I'm an advocate for being able to consider both sides of this. And you're taking a scenario with a 19-year-old who he's, oh, sorry, 19, 20, isn't he? And just come to the club. 
he's had a pretty horrific moment in in in, in internationals before he's come. He's had to deal with the social side of that, and um, he's come into the club. He's in that gelling in period, and I think it's only fair that as as as, as Brian has said, like it's only a couple of games. I think uh, given time and given more exposure and gaining more continuity with the team in the training grounds and more com- like a, a sort of a more comfortable nature with how everyone moves and passing dynamic between different people. I think he will come on and on. Ronaldo coming to the club has obviously taken a lot of the pressure and a lot of headlines off him because if Ronaldo wasn't there, um, I think the British media just love jumping on a United player, particularly a young British United player. And um, yeah, they'd be making it very, very difficult for him with that price tag and the expectation that's on his shoulders. Ronaldo isn't there, and there's not an instant delivery out of this uh, marquee signing. It would be incredibly difficult for him, and uh, you'd find a lot of you'd find out a lot about his character fairly quickly. Yeah, look, it's it's it's, it's all all these bumps and hurdles are all part of becoming a Manchester United player, and how he deals with it, it's massive. Yeah, um, okay. he's, he is in a new dressing room, but I, but I would say. I think in his first few few performances, I think he's been going backwards a lot with the ball. Um, looked a bit shy, maybe. Maybe doesn't doesn't know the patterns of his teammates quite yet, but but hasn't lit anything up just yet. And I was hoping with with the game against Young Boys that he would have got ninety minutes. Fortunately, that wasn't the case. Soldier had to change it up after one Vasakas sending off. But we we'll look on to to the next game, and with Donny Van de Beek, at least he'd have the Carabao Cup next week against West Ham to. To look forward to, um, he he should get some minutes in that one. I know he came off early tonight and he'd be disappointed, but Soldier has said that he will get opportunities this season. Um, Brian, before before we go, have you anything to add about the the game tonight? The two one defeat against Young Boys. Having the fact it was absolutely gut wrenching, and reminded me so much of games that have gone by in the past. Um, nah, it was just you all, you knew it was coming. You just. I think at the start of the season and after the transfer window, we kind of lulled ourselves into that automatic, well, we're back. It's yeah. very easy to see a couple of big names and you go out and you batter leads off the park and all of a sudden you're getting your 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 hairs up the back of your neck and you're all, you're automatically thinking that's it, we've clicked, we've we've solved the issues, we're unbeatable. Then you get brought back down earth by young boys who are aside who realistically speaking, no disrespect to them, we should be beating them. The side we put out tonight. I was very happy with the starting lineup. Couldn't fault this. Bit a couple of changes, nothing major, but remained strong. Showed that Solskjaer wasn't going to make mistakes of old, we thought. And it just went tits up over one silly tackle, which changed the, the dynamic of the game. Um, it's a kick in the teeth, but look, it's not the first time it's happened, not the last time it'll happen. It's football. You, you, you dust yourself off, you go to the next one, and you make it right. Before we started recording that Atlanta were beating Villarreal in the other group game, and, and I think I've said this in the podcast previously, that a lot of people were talking about us and Villarreal in this group and kind of dismissing the fact that Atlanta are a promising, really, really good side. Um, this group won't be easy. It's been made more difficult now. And I think with, with your games away from home, you can accept the draw. A draw can be a good result. Losing tonight against the standard opposition with us, to, as Brian said, as a kick in the teeth. Um, have you anything to add to that, Sean? Well, I mean, the fundamental issue that we've had over the last few seasons is, is consistency. And we've look, the points on the table don't lie, but there's been, it's not been perfect this season. Um, we've lost tonight. 
as, as Brian said, it is gut wrenching, particularly in how it how it how it came to be. Um, I mean, ninety fifth minute is as painful, but at the same time, we've done that to plenty of teams throughout the years ourselves. I think the consistency is always going to be a thing. But the main thing with this young squad now is character, okay? And we'll see just what sort of character they're made up of. We'll see just how influential those summer signings can be with Ronaldo and Varane or perennial winners coming in there and in the dressing room and how they can put an arm around these lads in the training ground and say, it's one loss, we move on. We would like you, you, you five more games in that group to come out of it. So, uh, look, there's not much to take from it tonight. It was poor. There was individual errors and their crowd became a 12th man. And with Wambasaka going off the pitch, it wasn't 11 against 10, it was 12 against 10. And they just kept going till the end. And no one can deny that they deserve something from that game tonight, as disappointing as it is. Yeah, no, I think I'd agree with that assessment because, yeah, we, we can't say we even deserve a point from that given the way that how poorly we, we held possession. We could not keep hold of the ball. The passing was desperate. The individual mistakes were un- unforgivable. Um, and it was just substandard throughout, I think, throughout the pitch. Um, but lads, no, thanks for joining me, Brian, Sean. Um, Brian, how can people follow you on Twitter? And assuming just for people listening, although you're threats before you jumped on, you're, you're not, you're fully clothed. Uh, I am fully clothed. I have given up my dream of having a three Bruno Fernandes. Um, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> sure, my, sure my wife is glad to know. Um, follow me on Twitter. I'm probably, probably better off that you don't, but if you do fancy it, <laughs> day tripping red. Um, yeah. Um, Sean, um, your Twitter, how do people follow you? Um, at Plastic Sean. I always find it weird asking people, how would, it, you know, how would you like people to follow you? It's a bit of a yeah. strange question, like around the street. Or rather, people not follow me at all. You follow yeah. the blog <laughs> at Strati News um, and the podcast at Stratycast. Subscribe to the Stratycast on all the best podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.